Good evening, everyone. We are not live. We are recording. How's it going? We are on episode 22. Daniel Sedin's episode. It is the, uh, that's going to be the name of it, I think. The Daniel Sedin episode. Episode number 22. 22 weeks in. We have a lot to go over today. We've, uh, man, what a world. What a beautiful time to be a sports fan. Here we go. We have the Euro Cup. We got the NHL playoffs. We got basketball. We got the Copa America. We're not going to get into all of it, but just what a time. What a time to uh, to be talking sports. We got the NBA final uh, finals. Sorry. It's the Stanley Cup final and the NBA finals. Um, lots to go over. Lots to get into. We also have a sad, uh, sad piece of news coming out of Columbus. We'll get into that. Um, really, really sad. And of course we've got UFC fight night, which is, which is always a hot topic, but you know, the weather has been hot and it's still a little hot and, uh, what better to, um, what better to, to kill the heat than have a nice beer. And right now we've got, uh, tonight's beer of choice is going to be, uh, the torchlight brewing co out of Nelson, BC, the Mountain King Golden Stout. And what a golden can it is. And let's uh, get this thing cracked. Oh, yeah. And uh, let's have a taste. Ty, you're a stout guy. What do you think, buddy? It's a good beer, man. It's uh, it's like all the others you've brought. I've enjoyed, I think, every one of them. Um, but this is good. This one tastes a little bit more coffee, I think, right? Well, it That's says, the, uh, whoa, it says coffee. Co. Okay, well, yeah. Number six, coffee. Co. Mike, you want to read us through the. Uh... <laughs> read it <laughs> That's the exactly class. what I want to do, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Read us through the <laughs> beer. <laughs> Roasty and smooth with a subtle chocolate finish. Look first or taste first. Either way, this golden stout will, will surprise you. Brewed in collaboration with our friends at the number six coffee company who custom roasted a blend of coffee to be used in this beer. And you can definitely taste the coffee and the chocolate I find in this beer. And you'll see that it's a really, really light beer. So you would think coffee and uh, chocolatey beer would be dark. But yeah, it's really good. Mm -hmm. And Ty's not a stout guy. He's a lager guy. Oh, he said he likes stout too. No. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought he said. Well, I am the lager guy, but the, the stouts are also pretty good. Yeah. And this is a good one. I like the little coffee flavor in there. Something different. Dan likes the pumpkin spice beer. <laughs> or blueberry, blueberry. No, he'll be excited beer. about the next one. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Well, no, he won't be because he already drank it. Yeah. But mm. have... I got a little ahead of myself. That is right. But... That is the problem yeah. with that. He'll have all the ones you picked, all the ones you picked, Govic, have been, again, knocks out of the park. Yeah, this one's out of uh, this one's out of the Kootenays, so they use Kootenay glacier water for this. This is the uh, out of Nelson, so you know, love love the local BC taste. Um, this is a really good one. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be just roasting in Nelson right now with these with this heat wave going through, and hopefully they're steering clear of all these wildfires. Yeah, they had some scares there. I have I was talking to a guy from there. Uh, couple days ago yesterday as as a matter of fact and uh yeah they're steering clear of it it's it it was a little bit of a scare and then it kind of went away so good for them 
but Castlegar kind of they were evacuating portions of Castlegar, but that's that's over now too. So everybody's safe. Damn, and obviously yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with the city of Lytton, which completely like burned to the ground last week. Lytton, yeah. BC, up the Highway One. That's super sad news. Yeah, it was very sad. I I know. Uh, how many times have you been to Lytton, Mike? I've never been. I never stopped in Lytton, but I've driven through. Driven Lytton. through, yeah. Uh, yeah. hundreds of times because I've yeah. tried driven truck before. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's really sad. And it's apparently that's the hottest spot in BC, like collectively over the years or whatever. Lytton's always been like number one, I guess, if you average up the temperatures and stuff. But it's the first time I've ever heard of it burning like that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it, it was crazy. So it shattered the uh, so the record for the hottest day in Canada ever was in Saskatchewan summer. It was 43.9 degrees. And this last heat wave, Lytton shattered that by three degrees, I believe. So, yeah, BC's oh. hot spot. And unfortunately, it, it got a little too hot. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers with everybody there, like you said. And, you know, yeah, uh, Italy. Wow. Look, looking good, looking sharp. And even today. Italy looking sharp, a little bit of a scare, a little bit of a scare with Italy and the penalty shootouts. But hey, I, it's, you know, it's funny. As soon as Italy scored the first goal, the text messages were flying. Boom, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's yapping. We're winning, blah, blah, blah. All the Italians on the group chat. As soon as Spain tied it up, crickets, nothing, <laughs> nothing. And then when it went to penalty shootouts, nothing, nothing, nothing until they knew they were going to win. Until Donnarumma made the save, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah again. It's pretty funny how that works. And, and people coming out of the woodwork too, like people that don't usually comment on that kind of stuff in the group <laughs> chat, just getting into it. And it's just like, wow, you guys uh, really come out of the woodwork when you make it the, to the finals. <laughs> I heard I heard uh, other people saying, I'm not even going to follow it this year. And now that they're in the finals, oh, they're the biggest fans. Again, Kappa kits are out, all that good stuff. But yeah, no, you know what? They do look like a good team. I'm not an Italian fan. I've said it on the show before. I'm not a fan of, of the Italian team, but I am a fan of this team. Uh, this team, they, they look good. I got to say, uh, top to bottom, they look good. Um, they are missing their, their buddy there with the Achilles injury. Can't remember his name. I apologize, but he he's a big piece on that team. But that last penalty shot, uh, Jorginho from... from uh, from Chelsea what a shot that was nice I liked it it just kind of don't you think like, that was a little bit like cocky a little cute like it was it was that's crazy on that that stage to be making a you know a shot like that well I think even on both sides never mind the last shot for Italy but the last four penalties on both sides Spain and Italy like you're saying cheeky oh I was watching they were great shots like perfect in the corner you know, do, uh, goalie went the wrong way, but whoa, you're definitely flirting when you're in the penalty shot semifinal Euro Cup. And, you know, that one Spain guy, he did like a little stop and then went the other way. Oh, those are, those, that reminds me of the little tiny chip right in the center. You know, you just pick the, pick a corner, make it look like you're going to the corner and then just flop it and it bounces right in the middle. That type of shot is what those last three, four penalty shots. Yeah, I love doing that in FIFA. <laughs> yeah, Zidane Zidane <laughs> used to do that the best. He would he would hammer it in off the crossbar, right down the center. It was beautiful. Um, <clears throat> that's that side of the tree. Italy is in the final. Tomorrow is the deciding factor between England and Denmark. 
Um, Please pick against England again. I will. Absolutely. I'm going to pick against <laughs> England. Keep it going. Can buddy. we go over your picks again from last week and then we'll compare them to mine? No, we're not going to do that today. <laughs> we're going to let, we're going to let that die a slow death and we're just going to leave that behind us. But tomorrow, tomorrow's game is huge. And you know what? Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see either of the teams win actually, to be completely honest. England, I'd be surprised to see Denmark win. Yeah, I'd be I, real surprised. They're they're quality, especially at Wembley. They're a quality side. They have a tremendous. Um, they had a tremendous thing happen to them as a team. They came back. They played the game. They lost the game. They learned from that loss. They've been doing nothing but winning, and they have you know they have a quality side. And I think if they get hot tomorrow, they can beat England. I don't think England is as good as everybody gives them credit for. Uh, I don't certainly don't think. I mean, the last game, yes, okay, they beat the Ukraine four nothing. Okay, Did they look good? I wouldn't say they looked good. I would say that they're that Ukraine looked bad. I would say that before <laughs> England looks good. So we'll see what happens. Right. I, I mean, you were, uh, uh, you were raving about Ukraine and their uh, great coach there. Well, Shevchenko is a winner. He's a proven winner, right? You never know when you have that type of guy at the helm, things can happen. Now, I'm gonna. I'm not actually gonna make a pick for this uh, for this game. I think it's too close. I think it's fifty fifty. You just don't want to be wrong way. again. Make no. a pick. Thank you. Thank Please you. pick Denmark pick and you? let let England make their uh, their run to the final and set up England Italy. Yeah, at Wembley Stadium. Just make your pick. That would be a huge game. Okay, I'll take it for me since I mean, oh happy, no, happy oh, oh no, no. you don't, be- hey, you don't believe it. He picked <laughs> England, but it's like Dan, unless you believe it, it's not gonna exactly. Not gonna yeah. I'll take, I'll take England in a penalty shootout. That's what I'll take England. No, it's not even gonna go into penalty shootouts. Penalty shootout. It's going to be regulation. Denmark, again, salute to them. They had a big, massive scare first game of the tournament. They've been playing, you know, with uh, passion for their uh, fallen teammate. But at the end of the day, the Cinderella story is over. England is playing at home, Wembley Stadium. I think England's more of a Cinderella story and than Denmark is. they are is, coming anyways. out guns a-blazing. And England was in. a pre-tournament favorite. Yeah, that yeah, does not make them a Cinderella story there, buddy. It's coming home. Well, they all look like a bunch of Cinderella's. <laughs> yeah, I got a prediction here. I will give you props there. Uh, sorry, Mike. I will give you props, Govic, on Italy. Um, all the years going back to, I don't know, the last 2002 World Cup, they have been the most boringest team to watch yeah. ever. Yeah. All de- all defense, all defense, all defense. I will say it is exciting for them to, you know, exciting now to watch this team. They're young. Um, you know, they pressure. They try to make the plays. They are, are scoring nice goals. Not these little, you know, whatever oh, no, in the box, scoring. in the, in the, in the, you know, pretty much in the six yard box, they're cool. They're scoring some great goals. And it's they're scoring like, they're scoring like Del Piero club goals, man. Yeah. They're oh, scoring yeah. Luca Tony Bayern Munich goals, like just hammering them in They're beautiful goals. It's, it's nice to see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, <clears throat> we'll see what happens tomorrow. Like I said, I think I'll, I'll give England the edge on this one, but, uh, I don't know. It's a 50, 50 for me. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, if their dreams aren't going to be crushed this game, maybe next game. So we'll see what happens, uh, off to the Copa America. So 
just so everybody's aware, the final is on Saturday night. So what, again, what a 48 hours of, of sports we have that day. Uh, Saturday night, July 11th, the Copa America is, is going to be completed. It's Brazil against Argentina. It's Neymar against Messi. What an amazing tournament and an, an amazing final that's going to be as well. I can't wait to watch that. We've also got the uh, best of the third place, or the sorry, the third place um, a game is on the 11th as well, which is which is going to be the losers, the battle of the losers of the Euro Cup to see who comes in third, and then uh, the next day, sorry, it's not the 11th, it's the uh, 10th, and then the 11th is the final. Uh, on on the Sunday, it's going to be uh, Italy against uh, who knows who. So maybe England, and it'll be another great game. Can't wait to watch that. Can't wait to see that. Very sad that it's all over, but you know there is a silver lining um, because of COVID. It pushed the Euro. This is Euro 2020. Don't forget, and it's 2021 right now. World Cup 2022. Can't wait to see that one as well. That's going to be a good one. Hopefully, Italy it qualifies this time. We'll see if they. Uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a dumb question. What What is Copa? What is that? It's Copa like Copa America. What is that? Like the. It, it's like the cut. It's like the. The South Euro Cup, Cup of Cup. South America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And that game Saturday night. You said. Yeah, Saturday night. Oh, they got some big competition. I probably won't be watching. Might set the PVR. Well, yes, and that brings us into our next uh, piece of business here. Um. That might be a Montreal Canadiens game. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just kidding. We'll talk hockey first, and we'll get into the UFC. Well, the Canadians they avoided getting swept, which is great. Um, good for them. Not on home. They didn't want to lose on home ice. I'm hearing uh, not the type of things I'd want to be saying as the Montreal Canadiens. We didn't want to lose the cup on home ice. No, you want to win the fucking series, man. You don't want to just play not to lose at home and go to Tampa and lose. No, you want to come back. You want to win the series. This yes. Is, this is a but tough they, one. They got to take it one game at a time. That's all they're, they're referring to. Yeah. They got to take it one game at a time. That's right. It's like any given Sunday, you can lose to anybody, right? You take mm-hmm. one game at a time, one step at a exactly. time. Rome wasn't built in one day. Take it easy. Shea Weber played amazing in that game. I can't believe that game went to OT. Oh, that was, that was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I had to go to London drugs to grab something and I ended up staying in the electronics, this section, watching the overtime. Thank God it was only four minutes. Otherwise, I probably would have been there the whole night. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, uh, it was great to see them win. I hope they win the next one, make it a, make it a good series, make it a memorable series. I'd be surprised if Tampa doesn't win tomorrow, to be completely honest, unfortunately, but, um, we thought maybe it was coming home, the Stanley Cup, but uh, it doesn't look that way. What do you think, uh, Mikey? I think you are correct, my friend, for once in your life. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, Tampa just looks so damn good and so damn strong. And right. All, I mean, their power play is almost unstoppable. They're all over them. I mean, even Price is playing well, but they're just too powerful right now. I, I don't see... I, it's hard. I mean, I want I want Montreal to come back and win it. I don't see it happening. I think it's almost near impossible for them to come back from that 3-0 deficit to even have a chance to win this thing. I mean, I'd like to see them push for it. I mean, imagine them push for a game seven. That'd be huge. But oh, man. I, I, I just don't see it, man. What do you think, Dan? 
Um, I agree. I mean, you all, you guys already know, you know, Tampa's my pick. Um, but even like watching that game yesterday, me and Ty watched it uh, at Kelly O'Brien's in US there, and Shea Weber, yeah, he was he played unreal. Nearly cost them the game. Four minute major going into <laughs> overtime. I cannot minor. believe. I can. Yeah, I the double minor. I can't believe they did not score on that power play. It should have been done, finish over, and hardly even like thirty seconds after that four minute power play. One minute left in the third, three minutes in the overtime, and then boom, Montreal scores. It was like oh, they dodged a bullet, and I don't know. I think they are not going to be able to beat the crowd in uh, in Tampa. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be loud. Tampa missed out on fans in the Stanley Cup final last year. Um, they have all their fans full capacity. I think they're gonna take it away tomorrow. Good Did you guys see uh, Tampa's mayor no. do her little uh, spiel before Game Four? What do you say? It's a, sh- it's a she. So or she. she she went. So on he TV. obviously didn't see it. <laughs> no, I did not. She went on TV and she pretty much asked the Lightning to take it easy for Game Four, let Montreal get a win, so that they can win Game Five and celebrate with their fans in Tampa. I hope I hope when when Tampa wins that they take the cup and they take the top bowl off and then just give them that because they're freaking cheaters. <laughs> but can you believe that? So then that that right there, that's that mayor gave Montreal a little bulletin board material. Think about it. Up, Last uh, couple of years, we could have had the Sedin twins just sitting there on IR waiting for the playoffs to come around and boom, stick them in the lineup. Yeah, but we did that with Sammy Salo in 2011 different every, player every... Going, talking the top <laughs> score in the league Sammy yeah but Salo. he was big he was he was big for us in the at he that was time. His, his slap shot remember yeah when he was healthy he was the problem was he was never healthy he wasn't but, arguably the like the top goal scorer in the league no true but every top team three. that's every true. team does this they do they have their little uh their little loopholes that they they do before the playoffs during the playoffs to get all these players they have players sitting there <laughs> I think it's even different now with COVID. There's some more. That's why uh, we sent Louis Erickson down to the minors, spots. right? What do you mean? Well, there was like there's a taxi squad. He would have been sent down there regardless. He's not. Uh, that was a cap play. He's not worthy. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's all these different loopholes. GMs are smart. That's why uh, they get paid the big bucks to figure all these things out. Especially and they obviously Benning. did that. They obviously did that in Tampa. You can't really fault them for it. But without Kucherov, man, the Lightning are just they're they're on another level. I'm not surprised how the series has gone. Even last night, Montreal was lucky to get the win. Tampa hit about four or five posts. They looked way, they looked like the way more dangerous team. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Even the one win they got, it went into overtime and mm. like you said, super close, tough. tough. Um, my pick before was Tampa. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they swept, but I figured Montreal would get one at home and Tampa would win in five. So it looks that way. Obviously, they play the games for the reason, for a reason. And I guess it'd be good for everyone here to watch a little more hockey. But I think the the series ends tomorrow night. We will hold you to that, Ty. We will hold you to that. Yeah, he's been pretty right so far. That's pretty crazy. Did you bet that? Ty? I did. Nice. Tampa in five. Wow. It was... Uh, I don't know. It actually wasn't three and a half to one on 50 bucks. 
pretty good. And it's better than when, like betting Tampa to win it because that would have been exactly. like 200, right? Exactly. But uh, obviously, if Montreal wins tomorrow, then that bets out the window. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they got a good shot. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Okay, back to the NHL. Um, some sad happened this week. Fourth of July celebration. Ty will get into it. But uh, the goalie from Columbus, and I, I'm going to butcher this, unfortunately. Um, but his name uh, is Matthias or Matthias Matis Kevlenix died in a freak accident. Ty, what happened there? Yeah, so I woke up Monday morning really early, scrolled Twitter like I was doing. There's all these posts blowing up about this Columbus goalie, so I looked into it a little bit. And apparently he was celebrating July 4th at the home of Columbus's goalie coach, Manny Legacy, former NHL goalie. And they were doing a big party, obviously fireworks. I guess they had some real powerful fireworks. So I guess a firework was going off and tipped over. And one of the mortar shells hit him in the chest while he was sitting in a hot tub somewhere on the property. And... I guess it did some severe damage to his heart and lungs and they tried to resuscitate him, but uh, he passed away in hospital, man. Just just terrible news. 24 years old. He was probably going to back up Columbus next year. Take that next step in the NHL. Um, I've just, the, the, the tweets and the support for him has just been pouring in everywhere. Seemed like a great kid and just a super, unfortunate accident man just terrible to to read about yeah it's awful yeah it always seems like on july 4th there's always some sort of freak accident that happens uh involving you know some sort of celebrity or professional athlete i remember it was a few years ago five maybe even more than that uh, years ago that jason pierre paul in the nfl blew his hands off um in the same sort of thing, a July 4th uh, fireworks accident. So, yeah, definitely sad to sad to hear. Uh, unfortunate to see, you know, a young life taken too early, regardless of the fact of a professional athlete or not. But, yeah, no, definitely hearts uh, go out to his family, the, the fans, and the Columbus Blue Jackets for sure. Absolutely, man. 24 years old is super sad and you know, and Ty said, I got the news from Ty. And when I heard about that, I could not believe it. And it's just uh, really unfortunate. And yeah, those fireworks, like you said, Dan, is, is becoming more and more dangerous. People, uh, you know, young people, and not even just celebrities, just people in general. I'm sure that there's a lot more accidents out there we don't hear about because the people aren't celebrities. But uh, yeah, they're dangerous. And uh, it should be, uh, I don't know if it was a, like an accident or whatever happened, what the details are, but. Yeah, they should be uh, definitely taken seriously and, and be careful when. Hundred uh, percent, man. Total accident though. Like the guy wasn't even around them or setting them off. He's sitting in the hot tub. Like, just makes it uh, even more tragic. Obviously, like Dan said, any young life, but just the circumstances and the freak nature of the accident just is like as you I mean, shake your sitting, head. You he know, was sitting in the hot tub. What happened? The firework tipped over towards. People. Oh geez, yeah, man. And um, one of those big mortars, I guess, it, like they have some powerful fireworks you can buy legally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah. and just the way it hit, I guess it hit him probably right in the heart or something. Maybe stopped his heart. 
It just said it yeah, did severe it comes, damage. Comes out like a like a bullet or like a shotgun shell. Exactly. You know, like man, you just hit crazy. him in the wrong spot and just super sad, terrible, and yeah, man, yeah. like you were saying, you gotta be you gotta be careful around fireworks. Just drink a lot of beer all right beer number two tonight it is again from torchlight brewing from nelson bc and uh <clears throat> this one is called the rhubarbarian and the rhubarbarian is a rhubarb raspberry nordic ale mike what else does it say on the thing <laughs> is this like my new thing i gotta read these cans you yeah guys? please read it for the class Jeez, man. A delicious and fruity ale featuring strawberries, raspberries, lots of rhubarb, and fermented with the dynamic and unique Norwegian Kivik yeast. Let the rhubarbarian give your taste buds a big bear hug. Hashtag fruit fetish, baby. All right, let's give this a taste. Yeah, let's crack this, baby. Well, that's good. No wonder Dan drank it early. <laughs> Mike. Tastes like a juice. <laughs> it doesn't even it taste does. like a beer. It does. That's why Dan drank it. He probably thought it was a juice going into the fridge. <laughs> I'm serious. It can. tastes like a juice. Isn't um, Travis Green from Nelson? Yeah, cool Is he from Nelson? I thought he was from Castlegar. Either way, he should just go back there. Oh, fuck. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I could drink that. Ref- refreshing on. Let's see. What does it look days? like? Lo- what does it look like in the cup, Mike? It's got a it's pinky hue to it. Yeah. It's got a pinky hue. I love pink. Mm. I actually like this one better than the uh, the stout. Both good. Obviously, a lot different tastes, but maybe just today because of the the heat continuing. This is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Dan, what did you think of the beer? Three weeks ago. Oh, and I want to say one more thing before we get into Dan's little uh, synopsis of this beer. (laughs) This is the last beer, Chris, from your journey across the Kootenays or whatever it was. And thank you again for all these beers. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Cheers, brother. You've kept us hydrated for weeks now. Appreciate it. That's what I do. Uh, Don't worry. Hey, you know what? I'm heading up to to Haida Gwaii. I wonder if they have a microbrewery. I'm going to have to check that out. You won't have time because we're going to be fishing. Oh uh, yeah, and then also I've got to go to Terrace and to Prince Rupert and you know Prince George. I'll I'll make all the stops again, boys. This time the North Run. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Well, for next week, um, I have a a beer for you guys. 
stopped at uh, North <coughs> Basin Brewing in Asoyas. It's brand new. Opened uh, late last year. I won't get into it too much. We'll save it for next week. But yeah, so I got a, a couple beers for us next episode. Dan, what'd you think of this beer, man? Oh, yeah. No, I, now that you guys are holding up the can, it uh, jogged my memory again. <laughs> you remember uh, this few, now? <laughs> yeah, of a few weeks ago. And yeah, no, it was citrusy. Uh, it was it was awesome. Again, you know, you guys know how I like my beers, all fruity and citrusy. And it, rem- it reminded me of a like a raspberry Slurpee. Hey, can I ask you like your beers, right? I know how you like your like gin and tonics with no ice. Do you want your beers at like room temperature? Or do you like them cold? Well, as you found out on the golf course the other day when I had oh, yeah. beers from the night. He had <laughs> beers in his bag from like three weeks ago. So you want one? I'm like, no, man, I don't want one. Oh, speaking of that, he's given me a beer. Like I know looking at things from him that check the expiry date. Yes, I know. Even on beer. He gave me one that was two years old from his golf bag. Oh, please, guy. Come on. It's in a can. It's not like one of those growlers that, yeah, or whatever. You have to drink them within a week or two weeks. Mike, do beers go bad? Pressurized. For years, they go bad, buddy. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Expiry date is like a stop sign. It's just there to, you know, let you know what you should be doing. It doesn't matter whether you do it. You know, you can just roll through. Well, it's not a problem I've ever had, but uh, this one time... I had a Corona that was left in a fridge for a long time. And <laughs> it was I rented his okay. apartment from him and he left it in the fridge for us for like a housewarming thing. And you had the beer. <laughs> it tasted like, well, I've never tried like a household cleaner, but that's what I imagine a household cleaner would taste like. It was bad, man. <laughs> Here's there. Have a, have a Clorox, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's get into it. It's time. Let's get into it. So before we get into the UFC, did you guys see Michael Bisping's eye? Dude. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's some crazy shit right there, man. I can't what is going that. on there? Yeah, well, Ty, I think you, you were the one that found it. You sent it to yeah. us in the group. Um, uh, Michael Bisbing was on a, another podcast with Stevie O from... Um, Steve-O, yeah. Steve-O from... from what's <laughs> Did you just call him Stevie-O? <laughs> Steve-O, Stevie-O, whatever. From Jackass. From Jackass. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, well, Ty, you you, you know, you found it. You, you explain... Um, what all happened, what you saw. It's pretty great. Well, just, just from the brief video, we should actually post that, that I saw. He was on a podcast talking about his uh, fighting career, this and that. And somehow they got on the topic about uh, his eye being injured in a fight against Vitor Belfort, I believe. But all of a sudden on this podcast, he's talking about these guys complaining about injuries. He, he goes to his eye and he pops an eyeball out of the socket. And yeah, he had a prosthetic eye. And Dan, you read a little bit more into it. So what, yeah, what so yeah, there? it was crazy. Yeah, so he had a basically in a fight a long time ago, but maybe five six years ago against Vitor Belfort, he had a detached retina. So you know how you know the eye pokes are really big in the MMA. Well, that's some pretty serious thing when you get your your basically your eyeball detached from you know its socket. So it's pretty scary. 
Um, he lost vision completely. He was basically legally blind, but he never wanted to stop fighting. And you imagine the doctors, you know, when they're doing their medicals before the fights. So he came across someone who basically had created this uh, prosthetic for your eyeball. So it's not a glass ball. It's literally a prosthetic that goes over your, you know, retina. And uh, he had someone paint the, the colored part of your eye um, to match exactly identical to the good eye and he literally got lucky no one except his wife knew that he basically had a prosthetic so, so he couldn't see at all out of one not, eye after that after fight the against fight? vitor belfort and so what happened in that belfort line. fight was it a poke or do you know it was a poke yeah i it showed in the actual um interview on the, on the interview it actually yeah. showed what happened and yeah it was an eye gouge eye poke and yeah you could see instantly blood coming out of his eye and so, yeah, that blows Anyways, my he, mind. How did he get away with that? After for that, that long? dude, he became he went on to fight and go on a tear. Oh, yeah, yeah, and become the ch- the champion what of the world. Yeah. yeah, he remember he fought. Um, wasn't it um GSP when GSP that's, came he out? Lost of the retirement. GSP. He, he lost the GSP. He lost when he retired. Yes, so that was a, he that was, was a champ. Yeah, he was a champ. That so he, he basically fought for another five six years, and he basically he was saying he's like you know it was the scariest moment every time going into a weigh in. Because then he knew his medical was right after. And he's like, any doctor, because they're checking. Yeah, how do they not figure that out? Who knows? I guess the prosthetic looked that good. Because that blows my mind that someone from the athletic commissions or like he said, the doctor, or it didn't get out on on social media somehow from like like a sparring partner or someone he trains with. That just is insane to me. Yeah. Knows? But what a crazy story, man! Yeah, that's yeah. one of the most props, props to him. I've if heard. He, yeah, man, if he went on absolutely. that run after having that done, right? Crazy. Jesus, that's pretty crazy. Okay, well, this Saturday night we have UFC 264 kicking off in Las Vegas, Nevada, at T-Mobile Stadium. The trilogy bout between Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. It's one that a lot of people have been waiting for. I have been. And, um, yeah, it's finally here. So here we go. I'm just going to break down. We'll break down the main card. Although there is a couple of prelims that I'd like to talk about, Ty. You know, you got Carlos Carlos Condon. My boy's on there. The natural-born killer. He's fighting in the – He's headlining the the, 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 – Undercard. Undercard. So the free card. He's clearly not good enough anymore. He's still a draw. It's a big – it's a big, uh, it's a big spot, right? It's on ESPN now, so the last fight okay. is everyone will be tuned into it. But anyways, go ahead, Mike. Okay, so we'll we'll start at the bottom. So the main card we got Sean O'Malley, the Sugar Show versus Chris Montoyo, and Chris Montoyo is coming in this fight late notice. Yeah, uh, he was supposed to fight, or Sean O'Malley was supposed to fight um, uh, Smolka, and uh, Smolka pulled out because of he was he was injured. And I mean, Sean O'Malley in this fight is a minus 900. This is the highest I've ever seen. One of the highest I've ever seen a favorite before yeah. in a fight. You got Chris uh, Montoyo coming in at uh, plus 550. And Chris, he actually spells his name with a K, just like you, bro. Uh, boom. <laughs> but uh, to break down this fight with, for you guys, I mean, Sean O'Malley, I think, you know, you guys know who he is, right? He's the sugar show. We saw him fight a few months ago. Um, he's a bigger fighter. Uh, Chris is Montoyo's coming in here. He's small. I mean, I think he's just he's a, gonna get just he's in another class. 
Yeah. This is my guaranteed pick of the night. Okay. For the for a minus 900, I'm not saying bet it, but I'm telling you <laughs> that this is going to be a Sean O'Malley victory. And it's probably going to be early on in the person, unless he wants to toy with him a little bit. Give him a chance. I can see, I can see him like toying it. with him a little bit. But speaking of odds, I was looking it up after I saw the minus 900. I was like, what the hell? So I looked into it a little more. He's minus 400 to finish him within the, the fight, which is also pretty crazy. Yeah. Those odds to finish the fight in three rounds. So but you can also look at it this way like uh, Montoyo, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for him. Like he could like shock the for sure. world. That's, that's by, probably why like, he took it. Yeah, I see two ways of this ending for him. The only way I see Montoya winning this fight is one, he gets lucky and catches him with something, him. knocks him yeah. out. Or two, O'Malley hurts himself like he has in previous fights by breaking his foot, kicking him, or something like that. Something stupid like that. It's the only or way. Or like you said, he he gets a little cocky and wants to toy with them a little bit. He gets very cocky. Spend some more, spend a little some cocky. more, <laughs> spend cocky. some more time on screen, try to make it go the three rounds and finish him or whatever, but. But yeah, I don't, I don't see Matino or what's his name? Is that right? Yeah, Montino. Yeah, Montino. Yeah, having yeah. much of a chance against him. Yeah. No, so yeah, my pick in that fight to kick off the night is the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley. He's my boy. I've loved him since uh, I saw him first coming to the Octagon. Octagon. <laughs> I don't see him losing. I still, I don't, I don't agree with his matchup for him. I remember we talked last time after his fight. We wanted to see him fight a top 10 or f- top five, like, like, you know, a contender, see where he's actually at. And this is not it. Amali's still not even officially ranked. So it's hard to even, you know, s- you know sh- show where he's at. They're putting him on this main card with, you know, McGregor to sort of get those like views, I think. You know what I mean? Mm, to get the. Makes sense. Yeah. Get so, some more um, eyeballs on him. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Build the brand. Yeah. And so the next fight of the night, we have a women's bantamweight bout. And I believe that the winner of this fight will get a title shot against uh, Nunez. It's uh, Irene Aldana versus Yana Kutikaya. And uh, it's, I don't know how to say her name, but we'll call her Yana, okay? Yana coming in, probably the better grappler, maybe the better all-rounded fighter. These guys are real close. Um, uh, Aldana, she's a Mexican boxer. She comes in at a little bit of a favorite, a minus 120. Uh, Yana is a plus 115. Um, Aldana, she's fought her last fight. She fought uh, Holly Holmes. She's fought some, some tougher, tougher opponents, but Holly Holmes dominated her, took her down, slammed her around. Not really Holly Holmes like, you know, Holly Holmes is a striker and, yeah. uh, you know, with the Lakers, but she took her down, she beat her up. And like, so obviously the game plan for, for this fight for Yana, she's got to be able to get her down. She's got to grapple with her. Um, I do believe that Aldana has better striking and I, I've been seeing a lot of Mexican fighters prevailing lately. I'm going with Aldana in this fight at minus 120. I think she's going to be able to pull it off and strike is going to be the difference. Yeah, I like that. I'm going, I'm going with your pick there. I don't know a ton about both of those fighters looking forward to watching this card though, seeing what they can do. Yeah, Absolutely. The next fight we got on the card is the heavyweights. We got Ty Tuvasa versus Greg Hardy, the ex-NFLer. Um, and, you know, these guys are both coming around. They have 10 professional fights each. It's almost a coin flip. We got Tuvasa coming in at minus 140, Hardy at plus 115. I think the begin- like when the line first came out, they were both a minus 110. Yeah. These are big guys going at it. Now, 
Tuvasa is probably the more round, well-rounded fighter. You know, he he can grapple. He's got probably more experience than uh, a little bit more. I was just going to say that Hardy. quite a bit more. I think overall, more, yeah. they're both yeah. yeah. Greg Hardy in terms, of, in terms of training and everything, they still like you said have a similar amount of fights, but I think he's been uh, training MMA a lot longer than Hardy. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, go ahead. Hardy comes in larger than than uh, Tuvasa. And I think if they were to get into like a striking battle, I think that Tuvasa would win it. I and and I, Hardy's really only a striker; he's not a wrestler by any means. You know, with that yeah. lack of training and stuff, I think if he has a chance to win it, he's going to have to try to take Tuvasa down. Because I think that uh, Tuvasa will be able to bang with this guy. I don't see this fight lasting long. I think it's going to end. I was going to say the same end, thing. Yeah, I think it's going to end up with someone knocking someone out. And I'm going to take Tuvasa in this fight. I don't like Greg Hardy. I think he's a uh, I think he's a fucking asshole is what I think. Yeah. I mean, he was, his whole spiel in the, NA, in the NFL with the domestic violence crap. Yeah, he was, he was essentially blacklisted for a yeah, while. I mean, any guy... Because to, of that. Sorry, but any guy to me that, that, that hits a, you know, beats up your ex-girlfriend or whatever it was, yeah. I hope Tuvasa beats the shit out of him is what I hope happens. I, 100%. I mean, bullshit. Yeah. 100% so, totally I'm agree. I'm Tuvasa. Totally mm-hmm. agree. And I think the, the slight experience edge to Tuvasa. I think that will be the difference. I think Hardy's cardio also has been terrible. Yeah. Both these guys cardio is, it can yeah. be an issue, but yeah. And uh, yeah, it's exactly. So yeah, the cardio is, is a big thing too. And Hardy being a larger guy, I think Hardy, if he wants to knock him out, it's going to be early first mm-hmm. round. You know what I mean? If it goes deep into the fight, I, I don't see Hardy even having a chance, but that's just my pick. So I'm going with Tuvasa in that fight. Again, just not a huge fan of Greg Hardy. Never have been. Totally agree with you there, Mike. Yeah. So the co-main event of the night, we have a really good fight, I think. We have uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns, number two ranked um, welterweight in the world. And Stephen Thompson, the number four welterweight in the world. Obviously, Thompson comes in with way more experience, having fought for the title, I believe, twice. He's fought, um, you know, all the top names. Uh, he's probably one of the best strikers in the UFC today. Um, you know, similar to um, who's that guy, Chris? You talked, you brought talk, run up last weekend uh, when he fought uh, at the at your stag. Lyoto Machida. Yes, he's exactly similar to Lyoto <laughs> Machida, I think, but probably better. Um, so he's he's probably one of the, but he comes in a lot older than uh, than Gilbert Burns. He's thirty eight years old. He know, you know, we know he can be knocked out. He got knocked out by Anthony Pettis not that long ago due to some kind of like, a, you know, got caught by like a wild punch. Uh, Gilbert Burns comes into this fight with he's a Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu black belt. And I think his only way to, to beat Stephen Thompson is to take him down and, and grapple him because Stephen Thompson is a world-class, probably one of the best in the world strikers today. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a way of always getting people to fight his fight. Uh, you know, and, and avoiding those takedowns. I haven't seen him take getting take down much, and I haven't seen him getting beat up on the ground. It's always been sort of, uh, you know, go the distance, and uh, if he does lose. But uh, he's one of the best in the world. I'm taking Stephen Thompson in this fight, even at the age of 38. I think he still has it in him. He still looks fantastic at minus 165. Mike, I don't like this because I'm agreeing on, like, every one of your picks here. <laughs> But uh, I think I think this fight's huge for Thompson. Obviously, I think he has. I agree with you. I think he's a far better striker, and I do think he has one last run in him for for a title shot. 
and winning this fight obviously will go a long way as Burns, you said, is the number two ranked welterweight right now in the world. Yeah, yeah he is. So, yeah, I, I agree. And I am also going to be betting on uh, Stephen Thompson at minus 165. Kind of scares me, but... Right. Uh... Yeah, well, let's see where we're going with this main event. So the main event of the <laughs> evening, it's the trilogy bout. Dustin Poirier versus the UFC's golden boy, Conor McGregor. Odds are coming in currently. Dustin Poirier is a minus 125. Conor McGregor is a plus 105. It's virtually a coin flip. Which way do you want to go? I mean, I look at this fight and you if you look at if you look at the last two fights, right? These guys fought obviously twice. The first fight, McGregor won this fight. They were younger, obviously in their prime at the time. Mm-hmm. And if you the fight ended, I believe it was in the first round. Uh, McGregor uh, finished him. And if you watch the, I watched the difference between the two fights and I saw McGregor being a lot lighter, throwing a lot longer, you know, kicks and punches. Um, if that makes any sense in the second fight, you see McGregor coming in. He's got a lot of, he's putting all of his weight on his lead foot and he's throwing, just trying to get him into to a striking match. And uh, that's when Dustin Poirier started picking apart that lead leg and kicking it. Mm-hmm. So if McGregor wants a chance in this fight, he's got to be lighter on his lead foot. He's got to get longer with his striking. And everyone knows you got to watch out for Conor McGregor's left hand. That's what ended Poirier in the first fight. Poirier knows that. That's what he definitely demonstrated in the second fight, that he he can stay away from it. Poirier's key to this fight is going to have to use his kicks and his takedowns because you're not really going to beat Conor Conor McGregor in a boxing matchup, I don't think. Um, You know, who am I going to go for in, in this fight? I'm going to go with uh, the boy that has been proving people wrong his entire life. And that's Conor McGregor. I think Conor McGregor is, has been given this fight. I think it is his legacy. He's taken it seriously. He went, I don't think he would take this fight to lose. I think he's going to come in this fight. He's going to stay light on his lead lead leg. He's going to pick him apart. And if he gets taken down, he's going to get up. He's going to, he's going to finish this fight. And I think he's going to finish this fight in round one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I hope I actually all our disagree listeners, with you that here. is the only I you go ahead first die. I I, no, okay. I I actually I know, I know where you're going with that. So I like Connor. I've always liked Connor. I love him for the sport. And I know I I really want to bet on him. Everything's telling me to bet on him. It's a huge fight for him. Like he said, his legacy. He's if he loses this fight, he'll be one in three in his last four. He'll be He'll be irrelevant, I think, in the division for the most part. He's not going to be irrelevant for a card. He's still going to sell fights, and he'll still he'll still be a huge draw. But in terms of the division, and it's such a big fight. That's what initially made me want to bet on him. But you look at the last fight and how Corey adjusted. I don't think there's going to be that big of a difference. I still see Connor all over social media doing this and that. I mean, obviously he doesn't post everything he does. I just think he's still past the point of being that, that fighter, that hungry dominant fighter. I think Poirier still has that. That's what he does. He's not all about the lavish lifestyle and making as much money as Connor. So you can't fault him there, but fight wise, hunger wise, I think Poirier will have the edge. I think it's going to be a similar fight to the last one. I think it might go a little further and Connor will probably adjust. And like you say, protect that lead leg a little more because that's really what cost him in the second fight but i will be betting on dustin poirier doing the opposite of what my heart believes and i think 
I think Connor is just going to be that guy. He's going to be that name that draw everyone still want to see him fight. I just don't think he has that desire anymore. And I actually kind of hope he proves me wrong because I would love to see Connor get back to that dominant level that that guy who just runs through everybody and, and we'll see what happens. I would so like agree. I said, I hope he I, almost proves me wrong, but yeah, after the, after the first fight, I would have agreed with you that I thought that, you know, McGregor was done, that he's got the money now. He doesn't care. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's like training or he's not training. But why would you take this trilogy belt so quick after the last fight? If you didn't give a shit, you know, he's been, I think he's been training. I think he's been training hard. And like I said, he's been proving people wrong his entire life, especially in, 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 in the sport of MMA and even boxing. Let's, like who would have thought this guy would well, it's, be fighting uh, Mayweather? You know what I mean? A, yeah, no, well, it's a big, I think he took it because it's a, it's a big money fight. People want to see the trilogy. They want to see trilogies always sell well, right? It's one, one, see what happens. I think this fight sets up whoever wins this fight is going to get a title shot. I believe at Oliveira. I don't know if they've, if Zayna White said anything about that, I don't think I so. heard that, that. I heard that that oh, the next in line is all over. Whether that's set in stone, I don't know, but I, yeah, yeah, I okay. did hear it's, that. So yeah, maybe that's what I heard too. But I, I agree with that. I think this fight will determine determine the number one contender. What I heard and, recently was that if if Poirier wins, he's going to get the title shot. If McGregor wins, it's going to be really up to McGregor what the hell he wants to do. Whether he wants hmm. to go against Oliveria or he wants to do the Diaz trilogy or whatever. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, so like I said, I actually kind of hope Connor proves me wrong. Maybe I'm calling him out here because I'd like to see him get back to that. But what do you think, Dan? Um, Mike and Ty, you both made very valid, valid points. I'm going to more aside with my buddy Ty in terms of, I mean, I think Conor McGregor is what Dana White has been basically preaching to everyone else in the MMA. Make your brand, make your name. And that's what he's done. I don't believe he has the drive. He has no need to win any more titles in uh, the UFC. Um, he's all about, you know, he just sold his whiskey for a billion dollars. He's jumped into boxing. We just said he fought Mayweather. He's already in talks about possibly fighting uh, Manny Pacquiao. Um, I think right now it's all about just building more of his brand name. And he's still a draw. He still has the charisma. He still is entertaining. But I think as an MMA fan, to see what Conor McGregor was like maybe two, three years ago, you know, going in and knocking out like the big names in two different weight classes. Um, then I think he just got to his head and he, again, he branched out outside of MMA. But as the old saying goes, you can take the dog out of the fight, but you can't take the fight out of the dog. And I think as of right now, his passion deep down inside has always been MMA because that's what he started. He started from the ground up. Um, but for a betting perspective, I mean, I honestly, I really hope that he's not just, you know, in there just for, you know, the, the you know, now guys like McGregor have uh, pay-per-view buys. Like they, most of their pay is based on the pay-per-views and he can still be a massive draw. You know, I, I, I turn it towards, you know, Anderson Silva when he was in his prime. Remember how exciting it was to watch Anderson Silva? And then eventually he got knocked out a couple of times and it was like, okay, hey, whatever. Every time he stepped on the ring, he got knocked out. So I really hope that McGregor comes to fight again, like Ty was saying on his social media, he's taking this fight seriously. Um, but again, I mean, we saw about back with Khabib, you know, throwing things through the bus and, you know, hyping up the fight. And then at the end of it, you know, he threatens to retire. 
So maybe he's he going to get back to that mentality. He definitely has boy. me hooked though. Cause we're going to be watching it. So I guess at the end of the day, <laughs> he's doing his job. You know, we're all going to be watching the fight on uh, Saturday night, but again, for a true MMA fan, I really hope that he comes and he comes for the right reasons and he puts on a good show and, and I hope he wins. I won't be putting yep. my money on him though. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mike, how excited are you to see Carlos Condit on this card? Oh God. I'm really excited to see that he's a major underdog and I hope he gets his ass kicked and you don't have to see this guy anymore. <laughs> I just so everyone knows, I'm not a fan of Carlos Conor. I find that he like, especially when he fought like Nick Diaz and in those fights, he just you know he kicks a leg and runs, kicks a leg and runs. He's not a true true fighter in my mind. He's one of those those snooze. He picks his spots. Dudes. He's very strategic. He's a banger, man. That guy has a bunch of knockouts. He's got some exciting fights. He fought a smart Diaz fight. We were at that fight, and that's why you're a little uh, upset with him because I think you bet on Diaz, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, but, uh, two and nine, bitch. <laughs> but no, it's good to see him uh, headlining the undercard. I'll definitely be watching that fight and see if he can bring some of that old school condit back. Knock him out. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, what whatever happened to Schick in the Euro Cup there? Well, he popped in another, another goal and then uh, they got eliminated. But so is he still thinking he's in the running to be the uh, MVP? He could be. He's tied for most goals most with goals, Ronaldo, right? I believe. But He's I think Ronaldo the... gets the tiebreaker. Yeah, he Why? does because of the assist. Ronaldo yeah. has one assist. Oh, fuck. I think Harry Kane's going to catch them both, though, after tomorrow. Uh, fuck, I don't think so. I don't think Harry Kane's even going to show up. I was going to say, in the Euro Cup, if Italy wins, the MVP is going to be the goalie. He had an amazing game today against Spain. The last, the last half of the game, they were really bringing it on the heat, and yeah. like he stood on his head, man, went side to side. Yeah, safe. Italy was in survival, was. survival mode after yeah, that uh, sure. Spain tying goal. There's the MVP right there. If Italy wins, I love how the Italians all get ahead of themselves. Oh, Italy's gonna win. I said, Take if they win, Take it easy. <laughs> I don't even know his name. Is Dollarama? Dollarama. 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 Yeah, Dollarama. <laughs> Dirty time. All right. Some great UFC talk, but now it's time for the dirty talk with Dirty Dan. Dirty East Van. What's going on, guys? Good evening and it is good to be back in Dirty East Van. This is the Dirty Talk with Dan Nandez on the West Coast Sports Junkies. And for the first time on the Dirty Talk, it's time to get hard on the wood, the hardwood. NBA Finals started today, and it's kind of a shocker. It's kind of a, you know, an awkward time to not see LeBron James in the NBA Finals. A little fun fact for you guys, fact check, Ty. This is the first finals since 2010 without LeBron James or Steph Curry. Um, pretty crazy. CP3, Chris Paul waited 16 years to make the finals. 
jumped from team to team. He's been on like three, four different teams. Finally leads a team. The Phoenix Suns. Charles Barkley couldn't do it. Canada's own Steve Nash couldn't do it. Can CP3 do it? The dirty pick is in. Suns in six. CP3 MVP. Take that to the bank. Let's stick on the hardwood floor, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty interesting, you know, out of left field coming from, you know, Scotty Pippen has called out Phil Jackson for being racist. 1995, a long time ago, it was a playoff game against the Knicks. And for anyone that watched The Last Dance uh, on Netflix, uh, you know, the six episode special uh, with Michael Jordan. I think we all watched that during uh, COVID. Most of us binge watched it. But towards the end, um, one of the episodes really focused on Scottie Pippen, his big contract dispute, holdout with the uh, uh, Chicago Bulls. So it comes down to one game against the Knicks. Uh, the last five seconds, Phil Jackson draws up a play. He pulls Scottie Pippen to basically throw the ball in to Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc was a rookie that year. Pops up a 20-footer, drains it. The Bulls win. Uh, They go on, I think, to win that uh, series. But years later, Scottie Pippen is calling out Phil Jackson. Uh, He pointed out a book that Phil Jackson wrote um, after his stint with the Lakers the first time. Um, you know, questionable calls from Scotty Pippen, but he's basically throwing it out as if he was the top guy at that time. Jordan was hurt. Um, you didn't give the ball to me, so it must be racist. Come on, man. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week on the Dirty Talk with Dan Nandez. Great to have all these playoffs, all these sports. It's going to be a championship weekend. Lots of good things to talk about next week. Enjoy the weather. Stay dirty. Dirty time. Tony Kukoc, eh? The Croatian sensation. I knew I had to throw that in for you there, Golik. I knew you were going to love that one. I still have my Chicago Bulls number seven Tony Kukoc jersey, just so you know. Back checker here. Is he the guy that passed away? No, that's, no, that was no. Dražen Petrovic. Oh, good, sir. Hey, Daniel. Hello there, Daniel. First final since 2011 without <laughs> LeBron or Curry. <laughs> Don't ever try and take away a Laker championship that Kobe Bryant won the NBA. Was there a lockout in or 2010? 2010, 2010 NBA champs were the Los Angeles Lakers with Kobe being the finals MVP, but. Oh. Still, crazy fact that there's no LeBron or Curry since well, 2011. 2011 I was correct. That was the last time then. Eh, you said 2010. It just don't get don't confuse our listeners. 2011 okay? season. So. <laughs> don't confuse our listeners and bring Kobe into that. Anyways, um, but yeah, I so like the, your pick. Actually. The Buck Star is he out for the whole thing? He played. What? Uh, there, there should be some sort of. It should be like the NFL. You should not be able to say, "Oh, you know, we hope to have him back was, at some point in the playoffs." Stayed, no, he played he in was, the first game. They've said since day one he was day to day. So how did he do? How do you look? I haven't see. seen it. He he had an okay game. You can tell. I think they they cut his minutes a little bit. 
There this is go. Giannis, right? Antinokonopo. The Greek you got freak. It. <laughs> you got it. Just go with freak, Mike. It's the easier. Freak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Suns look good in game one. I actually watched it before we we came on here today. Um, I actually bet that the Suns will win in six or seven. Uh, that's one of mine. But I do like the the five was actually one of the favorites if you're picking games in the series. But it is, uh, you know, it's pretty cool seeing CP3 here, like you were saying, after all these years. He's had a long road. Seems like a likable guy. I wouldn't be too upset if he got an NBA title. Um, it's been a weird year, obviously, with all the injuries around the league. That's what's led, in my opinion, to this matchup. Um, stars hurt everywhere. A lot of that is being blamed on the quick turnaround from the COVID season last year in the bubble to then having a quick start and almost regular time this year. But anyways, regardless, still will be a good finals, and I like your picks, Dan. Now getting to uh, Scotty Pippen. Guy's just being an idiot. He's trying to sell. He's got a new book coming out. So he's been doing all these talk shows and podcasts and all that. He's just, he's just trying to drum up some controversy, but what a stupid thing to say, in my opinion, about Phil Jackson. I mean, if you have some substantial claim to make about something that he did or said, you know, in his life or in the locker room, but because of a play, like Phil Jackson has as many rings as he does for a reason. Okay. He is the goat. So if he thinks uh, Kukoc should be taking that shot, then shut uh, up. Kukoc should be taking that shot. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I honestly think, like I said, he's got a book coming out. He's trying to get in the press and it's working. We're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of other outlets talking about it. And he just wants uh, something for people to talk about and hopefully sell a few more books. What do you think, Mike? I completely agree with you guys. Talking about a guy here that's always been sort of overshadowed by Michael Jordan especially, uh, you know, back in the day when he played for the Bulls and stuff like that. And to come out now and call his coach, Phil Jackson, who's black, a racist, because he, how many times is Michael Jordan taking that shot? Who's a black (laughs) Do you know who Phil Jackson is there, Mike? Yeah, is he not black? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson looks fucking black to me. <laughs> he's he from not? Montana. Yeah, he's so? okay. He's you oh don't get goodness. more white. He's a tall, than tall white guy, man. Oh, really? Man, you killed me. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> hey, Mike, get out your phone. Google Phil Jackson. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna show you guys. Yeah, right I know now. exactly who he is. He <laughs> you, looks like. Clearly, you don't. You're. Are you thinking about like? Um... <laughs> Does he look black to you, Mike? Does he look yes, black? Yes, he does. Look, look. <laughs> Does that look black to you? He looks black. He is a- oh my god, that's the best. Oh and wow! This was this was him when he coached the uh, Bulls. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. He's not. How about this one, Mike? Mike, look at my screen. How about this one? Okay. Oh, okay we wow. gotta go back. We gotta go back. We gotta run this back. Oh man. Oh, that was so good. I thought he was black. I wasn't laughing at first, and then I waited to see Govic's face <laughs> before he started laughing, and then I lost it. <laughs> Amazing! Oh, that was that's too good. That's oh golden. man. <laughs> he was so he was so confident too. I thought he was man. Yeah. I would have bet. I would bet you. Oh man. That's awesome. Oh, man. 
but yeah, you're right, Mike. Other than Phil Jackson's race, um, <laughs> he, he shouldn't be calling him out. And like I said, unless he has something to substantiate that, like some real thing, not just based on a basketball play, a play in a game years ago that he's still bitter about. And you can tell watching the deck that last dance documentary, he was still bitter about it. And it's a, it's a way for him to uh, drum up some controversy. Well, why does he care? They won the fucking championship. He drained the fucking basket, man. Uh, like Chris said, he's been overshadowed by Jordan forever. He's just a kind of a, I don't know. He seems really bitter. And I don't think he liked how he was portrayed in the last dance because mm. Jordan had, so all that footage, Jordan started recording that obviously, as you saw from watching it all throughout his career but he was the one that decided what went in that and what did not He had full control of everything that was recorded. So if there's anything that was going to record him to look bad for the most part, he wasn't going to put that in the documentary. There's probably footage of it out there, but he owns all the rights and has it all. Mm. So Pippen is a little bitter of how he was portrayed in it, I think. And yeah, same with the other, uh, the other things like the shot, coach, and all that. So yeah. So what I got to say about that. What do you well, think, Chris? Ku- Kukoc did it. <clears throat> Kukoc always always nailed the three pointers, man. Come on. Yeah, him and Steph, uh, Steve Kerr, those two were like John Paxson. Yeah, the, the the Bulls had a lot of those role players. Yep. And they, you know, in in times of obviously Jordan hit a lot of huge shots, but there was a lot of other players that stepped up on those teams over the years. Yeah, man. Hit those those big shots. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Episode 22. Lots of talk. Lots of controversy. Phil Jackson is not black. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just got to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, If you want to... uh, follow us or look at any of our stuff www.westcoastsportsjunkies.ca that's where you can find all our content you can find our youtube links you can find our podcast links be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform and we are always available to interact our email address is there you can DM us on Instagram. We've also got a big prize announcement coming. Be sure to listen to us on episode 23. Episode 23. You have to listen to episode 23 to be able to be in the running for our next great prize, which is going to be a cooler, full of beer, West Coast Sports Junkie style, local breweries, local beer, all for you. And a $100 gift card to Morgan Creek for a fun time. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still thinking about the Phil Jackson thing. Um, be sure to listen to episode 23. Uh, that's, when, uh, that's when you will be able to win. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.